Kilmeny of the Orchard Chapter 15 This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kilmeny of the Orchard by Lucy Maud Montgomery Chapter 15 An Old, Unhappy, Far-Off Thing The next day, Eric sought Kilmeny again, and renewed his pleadings, but again in vain. Nothing he could say, no argument which he could advance, was of any avail against her sad determination. When he was finally compelled to realise that her resolution was not to be shaken, he went in his despair to Janet Gordon. Janet listened to his story, with concern and disappointment plainly visible on her face. When he had finished, she shook her head. I'm sorry, Master. I can't tell you how sorry I am. I had hoped for something very different. Hoped. I have prayed for it. Thomas and I are getting old, and it has weighed on my mind for years what was to become of Kilmeny when we would be gone. Since you came, I had hoped she would have a protector in you. But if Kilmeny says she will not marry you, I'm afraid she'll stick to it. But she loves me, cried the young man. And if you and her uncle speak to her, urge her, perhaps you can influence her. No, master, it won't be any use. Oh, we will, of course, but it will not be any use. Kilmeny is as determined as her mother when she makes up her mind. She has always been good and obedient for the most part, but once or twice we have found out that there is no moving her, if she does resolve upon anything. When her mother died, Thomas and I wanted to take her to church. We could not prevail her to go. We did not know why then, but now I suppose it was because she believed she was so very ugly. It is because she thinks so much of you that she will not marry you. She is afraid you would come to repent having married a dumb girl. Maybe she is right. Maybe she is right. I cannot give her up, said Eric stubbornly. Something must be done. Perhaps her defect can be remedied even yet. Have you ever thought of that? You have never had her examined by a doctor qualified to pronounce on her case, have you? No, master. We never took her to anyone. When we first began to fear that she was never going to talk, Thomas wanted to take her to Charlottetown and have her look to. He thought so much of the child, and he felt terrible about it. But her mother wouldn't hear of it being done. There was no use trying to urge her. She said that it would be no use, that it was her sin that was visited on her child, and it could never be taken away. And did you give in meekly to a morbid whim like that? asked Eric, impatiently. Master, you didn't know my sister. We had to give in. Nobody could hold out against her. She was a strange woman, and a terrible woman in many ways, after her trouble. We were afraid to cross her, for fear she would go out of her mind. But could you not have taken Kilmeny to a doctor unknown to her mother? No, that was impossible. Margaret never let her out of her sight, not even when she was grown up. Besides, to tell you the whole truth, Master, we didn't think ourselves that it would be much use to try to cure Kilmeny. It was a sin that made her as she is. Aunt Janet, how can you talk such nonsense? Where was there any sin? Your sister thought herself a lawful wife. If Ronald Fraser thought otherwise, and there is no proof that he did, he committed a sin. But you surely do not believe that it was visited in this fashion on his innocent child. No, I'm not meaning that, Master. That wasn't where Margaret did wrong. 
and though i never liked ronald fraser overmuch i must say this in his defence i believe he thought himself a free man when he married margaret no it's something else something far worse it gives me a shiver whenever i think of it oh master the good book is right when it says the sins of the parents are visited on the children there isn't a truer word in it than that from cover to cover what in heaven's name is the meaning of all this exclaimed eric tell me what it is i must know the whole truth about kilmeny do not torment me i am going to tell you the story master that will be like opening an old wound no living person knows it but thomas and me when you hear it you will understand why kilmeny can't speak and why it isn't likely that there can ever be anything done for her she doesn't know the truth and you must never tell her it isn't a fit story for her ears especially when it is about her mother promise me that you'll never tell her no matter what may happen i promise go on go on said the young man feverishly janet gordon locked her hands together in her lap like a woman who nerves herself to some hateful task she looked very old the lines on her face seemed doubly deep and harsh my sister margaret was a very proud high-spirited girl master but i would not have you to think she was unlovable no no that would be doing a great injustice to her memory she had her faults as we all have but she was bright and merry and warm-hearted we all loved her she was the light and life of this house yes master before the trouble that came on her margaret was a winsome lass singing like a lark from the morning till night maybe we spoiled her a little maybe we gave her too much of her own way well master you have heard the story of her marriage to ronald fraser and what came after so i needn't go into that i know or used to know elizabeth williamson well and i know that whatever she told you would be the truth and nothing more or less than the truth our father was a very proud man oh master if margaret was too proud she got it from no stranger and her misfortune cut him to the heart he never spoke a word to us here for more than three days after he heard of it he sat in the corner there and bowed his head and would not touch bite nor sup he had not been very willing for her to marry ronald fraser and when she came home in disgrace she had not set foot over the threshold before he broke out railing at her oh i can see her there at the door this very minute master pale and trembling clinging to thomas's arm her great eyes changing from sorrow and shame to wrath it was just at sunset and a red ray came in at the window and fell right across her breast like a stain of blood father called her a hard name master oh he was too hard even though he was my father i must say he was too hard on her broken-hearted as she was and guilty nothing more after all than a little wilfulness in the matter of her marriage and father was sorry for it oh master the word wasn't out of his mouth before he was sorry for it but the mischief was done oh i'll never forget margaret's face master it haunts me yet in the black of the night it was full of anger and rebellion and defiance but she never answered him back she clenched her hands and went up to her old room without saying a word all those mad feelings surging in her soul 
and being held back from speech by her sheer stubborn will and master never a word did margaret say from that day until after kilmeny was born not one word master nothing we could do for her softened her and we were kind to her master and gentle with her and never reproached her by so much as a look but she would not speak to any one she sat in her room most of the time and stared at the wall with such awful eyes father implored her to speak and forgive him but she never gave any sign that she heard him i haven't come to the worst yet master father sickened and took to his bed margaret would not go in to see him then one night thomas and i were watching by him it was about eleven o'clock all at once he said janet go up and tell the lass he always called margaret that it was a kind of pet name he had for her that i'm dying and ask her to come down and speak to me afore i'm gone master i went margaret was sitting in her room all alone in the cold and dark staring at the wall i told her what our father had said she never let on she heard me i pleaded and wept master i did what i'd never done to any human creature i kneeled to her and begged her as she hoped for mercy herself to come down and see our dying father master she wouldn't she never moved or looked at me i had to get up and go downstairs and tell the old man she would not come janet gordon lifted her hands and struck them together in her agony of remembrance when i told father he only said oh so gently poor lass i was too hard on her she has no to blame but i canna go to meet her mother till her little lass is forgiving me for the name i called her thomas help me up since she would have come to me i must even go to her there was no crossing him we saw that he got up from his deathbed and thomas helped him out into the hall and up the stair i walked behind with the candle oh master i'll never forget it the awful shadows and the storm wind wailing outside and father's gasping breath will be got him to margaret's room and he stood before her trembling with his white hairs falling about his sunken face and he prayed margaret to forgive him to forgive him and speak just one word to him before he went to meet her mother master janet's voice rose almost to a shriek she would not she would not and yet she wanted to speak afterwards she confessed to me that she wanted to speak but her stubbornness would not let her it was like some evil power that had gripped hold of her and wouldn't let go father might as well have pleaded with a graven image oh it was hard and dreadful she saw her father die and she never spoke the word he prayed more to him that was her sin master and for that sin the curse fell on her unborn child when father understood that she would not speak he closed his eyes and was like to have fallen if thomas had not caught him oh lass you're a hard woman was all he said and they were his last words thomas and i carried him back to his room but the breath was gone from him before we ever got him there well master kilmeny was born a month afterwards and when margaret felt her baby at her breast the evil thing that held her soul in bondage lost its power she spoke and wept and was herself again oh how she wept she implored us to forgive her and we did freely and fully 
but the one against whom she had sinned most grievously was gone and no word of forgiveness could come to her from the grave my poor sister never knew peace of conscience again master but she was gentle and kind and humble until until she began to fear that kilmeny was never going to speak we thought then that she would go out of her mind indeed master she was never quite right again but that is the story and it's a thankful woman i am that the telling of it is done kilmeny can't speak because her mother wouldn't eric had listened with a grey horror on his face to the gruesome tale the black tragedy of it appalled him the tragedy of that merciless law the most cruel and mysterious thing in god's universe which ordains that the sin of the guilty shall be visited on the innocent fight against it as he would the miserable conviction stole into his heart that kilmeny's case was indeed beyond the reach of any human skill it is a dreadful tale he said moodily getting up and walking restlessly to and fro in the dim spruce-shadowed old kitchen where they were and if it is true that her mother's wilful silence caused kilmeny's dumbness i fear as you say that we cannot help her but you may be mistaken it may have been nothing more than a strange coincidence possibly something may be done for her at all events we must try i have a friend in queensley who is a physician his name is david baker and he is a very skilful specialist in regard to the throat and voice i shall have him come here and see kilmeny have your way assented janet in the hopeless tone which she might have used in giving him permission to attempt any impossible thing it will be necessary to tell dr baker why kilmeny cannot speak or why you think she cannot janet's face twitched must that be master oh it's a bitter tale to tell a stranger don't be afraid i shall tell him nothing that is not strictly necessary to his proper understanding of the case it will be quite enough to say that kilmeny may be dumb because for several months before her birth her mother's mind was in a very morbid condition and she preserved a stubborn and unbroken silence because of a certain bitter personal resentment well do as you think best master janet plainly had no faith in the possibility of anything being done for kilmeny but a rosy glow of hope flashed over kilmeny's face when eric told her what he meant to do oh do you think he can make me speak she wrote eagerly i don't know kilmeny i hope that he can and i know he will do all that mortal skill can do if he can remove your defect will you promise to marry me dearest she nodded the grave little motion had the solemnity of a sacred promise yes she wrote when i can speak like any other woman i will marry you End of chapter fifteen